Pastor Jason. I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast from United Church. We pray that this blesses and encourages you in your walk with God. If you'd like to find more information about our church, including our address, upcoming events, or find a place to give, feel free to visit our website at fergusunited.org. God bless and enjoy the message. Ephesians 6, rereading verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, verse 14 says, stand therefore. When you've done everything you know to do to stand, stand. And I want to preach today from the topic or the title, Seemingly Insignificant Post. You can be seated. What months did we go to Alabama? April, because that's important. It's not important at all. We went to Alabama in April and we stayed in Gulf Shores, Minnesota. Or Minnesota. Yeah, I wish. Gulf Shores, Alabama. And if you, if you follow that portion of Alabama all the way out, there's, there's a point that sticks out about 20 miles or so into the ocean. And that community there is called Fort Morgan. The reason it's called Fort Morgan is because at the end of that point is Fort Morgan. If you want to put that first picture up there. This is Fort Morgan. It's a little blurry because it's an aerial picture that is obviously a very very large space. But this is an actual army base. Now it's considered a historical site. This fort has seen action in the War of 1812. It's seen action in the Civil War. It's seen action in the Spanish-American War and in World War I. So it's been around a while. It's seen a few things. It's an incredibly beautiful fort. I don't know that I ever want to find myself in a situation where I'm, I'm in something that other people are going to want to shoot at. But if I have to be, I want to be in a place like this. If you see these, the, the top uh, point, this one on the left and this one on the bottom left, all of these face seaward. And so if you can imagine being atop this wall, the, the views are beautiful. You're looking out and you, you see the ocean. You can actually see all the way across the Gulf, the bay, Mobile Bay. And on the other side, there's, there's Dolphin Island. And so it, it's just, it's a gorgeous area. That's why they turned it into a historical site. You can go there and you can visit. And we spent several hours just, just walking through this thing because it's, it's that expansive, it's that large. From this top portion, if you were a gunner stationed atop this fort wall, you would have a very unique vantage point of the battle. You could see everything that was going on. From on top of this wall, you could see the enemy's ships from a great distance away. You would be able to see how they were positioned and, and how they were coming at you. You would know what was coming next. 
It, it really gave them a unique advantage in this fort. They could shoot their shots and reach nearly halfway in the beginning. And by the end of this fort's commission, they could reach almost exactly halfway across the bay. Because on the other side of the bay on Dolphin Island, there is a sister fort that could shoot just as far. And so they could, between the two, they could, um, they could hit any enemy ship that would try to enter the bay. Very strategic location. And so there was a, a sense of security that would come knowing that, that you could see the ships that you could reach and those that you felt were outside of your reach, you knew your counterpart would be able to take care of. All of this would unfold before your eyes. It would be a pretty, pretty nice spot to be positioned. When there was no battle, you just got to enjoy the view. Maybe see some dolphins jumping and listen to the seagulls as they fly by. And, oh, the warm breeze and the salt and the waves. It would have been so peaceful when you weren't being shot at. There was another location, and I want to show you the, the next picture. So inside of that, that fort, when you looked at that shape, it was, it was actually two structures in the identical shape. This image here doesn't seem like much. This is on the inner wall, and I'll show you another picture in a moment that what it looks like outside of that window, but this is on the inner wall looking outward, and it's really not that beautiful of a view. The way this would work is what we're looking at right now, there would be artillery stored in that bottom bay, there would be a massive machine gun that would be mounted on that ledge there facing out the window. As you can tell, those walls are angled. And so that machine gun could rotate to a certain point each way. On the bottom here, there's a track, and there was a wheel there for the back end of that gun, and that's, that's how far it, it could move. Um, this is not where I would want to be stationed. Let's go to the next picture. This is what you're looking at. The other guy gets dolphins and seagulls, and you just get to look at the back of his wall. You don't know what's coming next. The only thing you know is what's right there, right outside that window. As a matter of fact, if enemy is, is ever right there, you know things are bad. They've already advanced beyond the first line of defense. The scary thing is, if you have a momentary victory, you, you see an enemy coming and you defeat them, you have no vantage point. You don't know what else is coming. Did we win? <laughs> we have no idea. Is there another ship landing as we speak? I have no idea. This is all I can see. Is whatever I can view out this, this little window. It would seem insignificant. Consider the size of this fort. Consider the scale of the battles that would be raged. This guy probably felt like it didn't really matter. Many of these were positioned. There's one of these about, if I had to guess right now, I would say every hundred feet around this wall. So honestly, if I, if I neglect my post, What's the big deal? 
It's not like I'm, I'm holding down the fort. It's, it's just my little spot. It would seem rather insignificant. But the Lord started dealing with me with this idea when we were there and, and working with me on this message. Go to the last picture. This, this is mind-blowing. Look at the ground behind this position. That is a brick floor. And in this area that we see where there's, there's no bricks left, that would have been the spot where the soldier's feet would have shuffled back and forth and back and forth over and over and over again. Until the bricks where they would stand are literally worn away to nothing. And it speaks to me of incredible perseverance. An incredible faithfulness. An incredible willingness to stick it out even when it seemed like it was just a small task and it didn't really matter. And there was another guy just down the lane and he could pick up the slack. And I, could just, I could just go to the mess hall and find a snack or something. I, I can just go lay in my rack and take a nap. This, this little view, I'm sick of staring at the, the grass-filled wall and, and hearing all the action take place out there. Somebody, war after war after war, stood in this location and manned that gun until they literally wore a hole in a brick floor. That, that says something. Ephesians 6, we focused on verses 13 and 14. said, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand... Stand therefore. The scripture encourages us to do everything we can. You know, make sure you stay in the truth. Make sure that you pursue righteousness. And you arm yourself with a shield of faith. Be involved in spreading the gospel. Don't neglect your salvation. Read, study, and live the word because it's the sword of the spirit. He said, pray always. Said, I got a lot of good advice for you. And he lays it out there. And man, if that doesn't sum up the Christian life, I don't know what does. If you're doing all of those things, you're doing pretty good. And yet he acknowledges that even after doing all of those things, there are going to be times when you feel like it's not enough. Having done everything you can do to stand, just stand. Just stay there. Just be faithful. I don't want to be fit. It doesn't seem like it matters. It's just, it's just a little issue. What's, what's the big deal? When you've done everything you can to do to stand, stand. Do not retreat. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 57 and 58, words it like this, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How many is grateful for victory? Victory is a good thing. Therefore, so because of that, because God gave us the victory, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be ye steadfast. There's something about consistency that catches the attention of God. I love the fact that the writer describes this, and, and if he said it's possible, then it must be possible. We can live our lives in such a way that we are unmovable, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding 
in the work of the Lord. The fact is, Satan is not content with defeat. Your enemy, he doesn't just lose battles and go, oh man, I lost the battle. Guess I better move on. Victory is not final until we leave this world. It says in Matthew 12, 43 through 45. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty and swept and garnished. Then he goeth and taketh with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. We see here um, a little bit of an insight as to how demonic forces operate. And we apply this many times in direct context to what it's saying. A person who, is, who has been possessed or, or oppressed by demonic spirits. And there's absolutely application here. But when we look in context, Jesus is not dealing with demon possession. He isn't putting on a seminar about how to deal with demonic oppression. He's actually just using that as an example to expose a greater truth about how the enemy's campaign operates. And so he says that it can happen that there can be great victory over Satan's forces. He can be driven out. He can be defeated. He can, he can be caused to leave an area. And yet he's going to return and fight again to have that space. He's not content with losing. The passage informs us of a broader strategy of our enemy. In the spiritual war that we are in, we often lack the vantage point of the generals that are posted atop the seawall. I don't know about you, but God doesn't always give me the full picture. When I'm in the thick of a battle, I'm not usually like the guy that's standing on top of the wall at Fort Morgan. I can't see all the ships, and I don't know where they're coming from and what their angle is. I don't know how many of them there are. I just know I'm in a fight. I just know there's a battle. There, there's something unfolding that's uncomfortable and, and there's an attack being placed. More often than not, we identify with the gunner who's limited in his view of the battlefield. From the inner bunker of this spiritual war, it's easy to see our encounter as an independent battle and sometimes assume ultimate victory with each success. So I overcome something for the first time. Or I step into a, a new realm in my relationship with God. I have, a, I have a breakthrough. And because I can't see all the other ships on the horizon and I'm not privy to the, the full uh, strategy of the enemy, I'm tempted to feel like I won. I defeated the enemy. He's no longer there. When really all I've done is there, there's just one wave. There was just a, a moment of victory that's been experienced in my life. In this time when I feel like I've achieved ultimate success, the temptation is to finally relax. Whew. I beat him. I'm over it. I've, I've, I've gotten past that. I can let down my guard. I can just kind of coast for a little while. 
Now I can go get my snack or take my nap or, or stroll around. There's a beautiful courtyard at that place. I can just go for a walk and everything's going to be great. The temptation is to back off and to leave my post. It's to feel like it's somewhat insignificant. But 1 Peter 5 and 8 admonishes us to be sober and to be vigilant. It reminds us that our adversary walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That doesn't sound like win a battle and take a stroll. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be alert. Be aware of what's going on. So we've got all these areas in our life that, that come up and we, we find ourselves challenged in. And a lot of times, Samuel helped me out here and he made me a nice little window. A lot of times this is all we can see. Right? And, and if we're not careful, we forget about the bigger picture. And we just view life through whatever's outside of this window. That's the entirety of everything that's happening. It's not true, but it's, it's all we can see in our perception. Right? And so we have, I mean, there's a lot of areas. We just had Brother Brown come through. And there was just a consistent theme there. He challenged us in our worship as a church. And there's been a positive movement in that direction. We've been having better worship, more engaged worship. And the temptation is, sometimes after a little while, see that's only been a couple weeks, but what's it going to look like six months from now? The temptation is to experience victory for a little while and then go, wow, we did it. And then we could, we could back back off and the enemy said, yep, I'm coming back. My house is swept and garnished and, and I'm going to come back and I'm going to reestablish things just like the way they were before. And if we're not sober, if we're not vigilant, that's what it's going to take. But no, we have to be intentional. We have to be vigilant. We, we have to make sure that we're aggressively pursuing that in our worship. Sometimes we get into this idea of people say, well, I, I don't want to fake it. Can I help somebody? There's a vast difference in faking it and fulfilling a commitment that I made to God despite emotional backing. We come into service sometimes and we don't emotionally feel like worship. We come into service sometimes and we're mentally not there. We're drained. We're tired. We're physically worn out. And the enemy wants to convince you in that moment that the enemy that's right in front of you says, see, if you worship feeling like this, you're a phony. You're a fake. You don't feel like doing that. And the truth is, I don't. But my worship isn't contingent upon how I feel. My worship is contingent upon the fact that, you know what, I made a commitment before God that I was going to give my all every time, we came, every time I came into His presence. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to abandon this, this feeling of not wanting to. And I'm going to worship anyways. And that's not faking anything. That's just being faithful to the commitment that I made before God. We've got to go after that. We've got to, we've got to do that. But I can feel like as an individual, because I can't see the whole thing, that my worship is pretty insignificant. Yeah. I've been posted here, and you know what? If I take a week off, it, they'll worship over there. I can just scale back a little bit, somebody else will pick up the slack. Because the enemy wants to convince each and every one of us that our involvement is insignificant. You're not the one with the big guns on top of the wall. You're, they put you down here in this, this little hole somewhere. And, and I mean, oh, it, it doesn't matter. You don't matter. And because 
we can't see what's going on, we buy into the lie. Have you been all the same? Same. Nope. I'm in a man's post. I'm going to stay faithful right here. I'm going to continue doing what I know is right. It's a matter of faithfulness. Should have put some tape or something up here. We got church attendance. Does it really matter? Pastor will tell you the truth this morning. Coming to church won't save you. Okay? So I can sit at home and I can convince myself, you know what? I don't have to go today. I'm just, I've had a lot going on. I got a busy week. I got to get this and that and everything done for tomorrow. Yeah, I just, I just don't think it matters. I mean, look, it's just one Wednesday. I'm tired today. I, I don't feel like it today. It's just a, just a, just one service, just two services. It's insignificant, but it's not insignificant. No, no, having done all the saying, I'm, I'm going to get up again, drag myself to the car. I'm going to drive to the church. Why? Because I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to man my post. I'm going to make sure that I'm there. When I get there, I'm not just going to show up and go sit in my chair and stick out my bottom lip and make everybody trip over it when they walk by. Church is more than that. Church is service. I'm going to come and I'm going to involve myself. I'm going to make sure I'm I'm worshiping. I'm, I'm I'm going to look through this lens. We've all got a job to do, a task to do around here. That's how church works. And so we come and sometimes I'm sure... That, that this vantage point right here, I, I'm not even going to touch this keyboard because I'm musically retarded. But sometimes this vantage point right here probably isn't the best. I don't want to do it. What does it matter? Just, I'll just, I'll, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't know anything about music. But I can tell you sometimes this vantage point isn't the best. And sometimes this is just faithfulness. Sometimes this is just, you know what, we're going to approach the Word of God with the same intensity this week as we do every other week because that's what needs to be done. I can imagine that sometimes the, the worst vantage point you feel, you feel like it's a battle, is this vantage point right here. As you're walking out with a horde of children on your way to teach Sunday school, and it feels like a battle, and you think, I don't want to go teach Sunday school. And, and, and they're going to be noisy, and they're going to be rambunctious, and I'm not really in the mood for it. But you know what? Our kids matter. And, and we think of it as just one Sunday, but all of a sudden what happens in that class is a child grabs a hold of something that changes their life forever in just a passing statement by a Sunday school teacher. I couldn't see that. I didn't know that they were going through things at home that, that were, were trying to wreck their life and tear them apart. I didn't know so-and-so was going to show up and, and, and they were really going through some struggles. What, what's the big deal? It's just one Sunday school class. No, it's finally important. I know you can't see the whole thing, but, but there's something going on there that matters. I don't want to carry that around anymore. Thank you. Our families matter. Families matter to God. When we're showing up, right, amen. He preaches to me really good. I love Joshua. Our families matter. When we come in and we're spent and we're wore out from all the stress that, that, that life and, and everything else throws our way and we carry all that baggage in the front door, we've got to find a way to put it down and focus on who's in the house because 
know, it's just one dinner. It's just just one game. It's just one time that I lost my temper. It's just just one thing that I neglected with my children. It's just one conversation that I neglected with my spouse. It's really insignificant, but it's not insignificant. The enemy wants to convince you that it doesn't matter because you can't see the whole picture. And what you really don't understand is, and I know our kids aren't in school right now, but they will be, and they had a horrible day at school and people said things to them that, that are crushing them and tearing them apart and dragging them down. And they're exposed to things that are hurting them and, and causing them to question their fate. And, and just that, that, that one moment seems so insignificant to you. But God's in the, on the, the catwalk and he's seeing the entire battle. And he's saying, have you done all the same? I know you're tired. I know it doesn't feel like you need to put in the energy right now, but it matters. Don't abandon your post. Don't leave. Moms, don't, don't forsake your responsibilities. Dads, don't respect your, forsake your responsibilities. Just stay there. Just stay faithful. Just stay involved. Because it's important. Don't worry about what it looks like. It's important. Oh, we're just, just a little church on top of a hill in Fergus Falls. Nobody knows where Fergus Falls is. I've told you before, everybody that I talked to when I said we're starting a church in Fergus Falls all had the same question. Why Fergus Falls? Because God said Fergus Falls. And it's easy to sit around. We've had some, some pretty slim church the last couple weeks. Got some real quality time with the Reese's and our family. You guys were at camp and Maggie was in Mexico and it was like, all right, here we are. It'd be easy in those moments to just see that, that, that little picture and say, man, what are we doing? What are we doing here? You guys drove 45 minutes. You got 45 minutes to drive an hour and a half on the road and gas prices are sky high and all the time and the energy that it takes to study and prepare. And, and, and why are we doing that? We're doing that because it matters. We're doing that because it's significant. We're doing that because God has given us the victory. And because he's given us the victory, we have to stand steadfast unmovable, unwilling to relinquish this territory back to the enemy when he comes knocking at the door, battle after battle. It matters. Significant. I want to brand that word in your mind today. Significant. What you're doing for God matters. It's a part of a bigger picture. Young people, when you're looking around and you're trying to make decisions right now, you're at a stage in your life where you're beginning to develop your own ideas and your own thoughts and, and your own convictions. And when you're looking at things and there's so much pressure from the world to conform, you're going to have to decide, does it matter? Does it matter? And when you're looking and you see the scripture says to flee all youthful lust, and you say, yeah, but you know what? What I'm tempted to get involved in isn't nearly as bad as what I see everybody else doing around me. So, so maybe this doesn't really matter. I'm telling you it matters. I'm telling you holiness matters. I'm telling you being connected to the house of God matters. I'm telling you remaining in good standing and being respectful to your parents matters. I know you don't want to hear that all the time, but it matters. It's important. When the enemy tries to convince you that you're, you're just lost in the crowd because they've got Sunday school and, and, and this is really for the adults and you're just here. It's a lie. You matter. You're here because you're old enough and mature enough to understand what I'm talking about. And I want you to get these things in your heart because you matter. You're significant to the kingdom of God. You're significant to this church. You matter. It matters. 
There's a bigger picture at play. We don't see it. We don't, we don't understand it, but it, it matters. Yeah. Tell you your marriage matters. Brother Brown made a statement, and he was repeating it from, from Brother Kirk. And I'm going to repeat it again because it really caused me to think, and it's true. And I told Brother Kirk I was surprised because I heard something he said, and it was really good. <laughs> We're good friends. But a statement was the only thing that made it out of the Garden of Eden intact was marriage. It's no wonder that the enemy fights so hard to destroy the one thing that managed to survive the destruction of Eden. Marriage. Your marriage matters. Husbands, love your wives. It matters. All the wives should have said amen. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, honor your husbands. It matters. Oh, it's just this little thing. It's just, no, it matters. I just corrected him in front of a bunch of people. It matters. All of the things that go into marriage, it matters. Look past one another's faults. Encourage one another. Help one another. Talk to one another. Get involved in things together. The enemy is pretty smart. He'll use, he'll use ministry to attack your marriage. He'll use ministry to attack your marriage. You'll get all involved in something and your spouse gets all involved in something else and, and everything that's going on is good until all of a sudden you realize like, we don't, we don't see each other. We're not involved. We don't talk. We, we've got issues. No, involve yourselves in things together. There's been a lot of different things that Sharice and I have been privileged to be a part of, but one stipulation through it all, and this is just the Holy Ghost helping me because I'm not that smart, is we've always done everything together. They might vote me into something, but they just need to know when they're voting me in, they're voting her in too. People think I'm joking. She was a really good youth president. <laughs> there was a lot of times that people were patting me on the back and telling me how good of a job I did when I, all I did was stand up and talk about it. Minister together. Be involved in things together. <clears throat> Set goals and pursue Greatness together. Your marriage matters. Your ministry matters. They're not disconnected. They, one flows into the next one. I've already talked a little bit about Sunday school, but it, it does. It matters. Every single class, every time you prepare for that lesson, it matters. Sometimes it, it matters less what you're teaching and more that you're just there. Every week, expounding and teaching a little bit about the things of God. It's amazing the culture we live in. We, we don't live in the 60s anymore, just in case you guys haven't noticed. Like grown people don't know who Noah is. You can, you can pick somebody out of the blue and you can start talking to them about Abraham building the ark. They're probably going to agree with you. Oh yeah, I know about that story. Because there is a, a biblical ignorance that exists within our society now. And what a blessing and a privilege it is to be able to raise children that have the advantage of learning. And if, if they're only learning it in there, they're still at a disadvantage. We've got to do a good job at home. 
Amen? It matters. Standing up here and singing, both behind here and there, that matters. Our engagement in worship, it matters. You say, does it really matter? Okay, next week at church, let's just not have any music. What's that going to do? It's going to create a very awkward environment. Why? Because, because that's what we're used to. We're used to having someone lead us into worship. So it would be, you say, oh, is it just one service, just one service. It won't matter. It will matter. It will radically impact that one service. It matters. Church cleaning matters. Oh, it's insignificant. That don't matter. Think about the last place you went with a nasty bathroom and tell me if you're going back. It matters. It's ministry. Say, boy, this is an exciting message. I'm telling you the things we do is significant. That 30 minutes after Wednesday night, just making sure we sweep up and and tidy the church before we go, it's significant. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of times you don't feel like doing it. But it matters. Guest follow-up matters. It matters. Preparing food for Bible study makes a difference. It matters. Sometimes the actual ministry is, is the fun part. and It's all the prep that goes into it that we don't want to do. We all like to sit around and eat together. I mean, that's the easy part. I actually enjoy preaching the Word of God. But sometimes spending the time to dig in and study and figure things out, that, that becomes a little bit of a struggle. Why do it? Because it matters. I promise you it would not be good if I tried to stand up here and preach without preparation. It all matters. Everything we do is significant. That's all spiritual stuff. What about your job? Does that matter? Yeah, it matters. I don't like it. I don't want to wake up early in the morning. This is where we really get boxed in. It matters. Integrity on the job site matters. You don't know how impactful that decision to be honest can be in your workplace when all of a sudden people around you start to see God in how you interact. It's significant. No, I'm just down in this hole. I'm just, I'm just here and it's a drudgery. No, it's a ministry. Do everything you do is unto the Lord. Faithfulness matters. Keeping things in perspective matters. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. That's what it comes down to. Sometimes that's all we can do. I've done everything else I can. I've exasperated all of my resources. It doesn't say forsake the armor of God and stand. You forsake all the things that He spells out in your relationship with God and then try to take a stand against the enemy, you're going to get steamrolled. But having done all to stand, putting my best foot forward, making sure I've got a good relationship with God, I'm praying and I'm reading my Bible and I'm being faithful and I'm pursuing righteousness, sometimes the best thing you can do is just stay faithful. Don't make major decisions in the middle of battles. Just stick it out until the battle's over and then make your decision. Because you'll make some pretty foolish decisions when you're getting shot at. 
That's a bad time to try to make life decisions. Just, just be faithful. Just show up on another Sunday. Show up on another Wednesday. Prepare for another lesson. Make sure that that obligation is taken care of. Just stand there. Unmovable. I love the imagery. Stay armed. Don't back up. Don't give in. Remember that there's a larger war being waged. And your post is not insignificant. How weak would Fort Morgan be if all of those individuals posted down below just said, uh, we don't really matter. We're not, you know, we're not in the prominent position. There's no pop and stance. There's, there's no ticker tape parade for what we do. We'll, we'll just call it quits. It'd become very weak, very vulnerable. The Lord has posted you where you are to ensure the security of spiritual territory. You stand where you stand to make sure when the enemy circles back around, he doesn't have the ability to reclaim what he's already lost. You're there for a reason. You have the ability to stand. You matter. It matters. Our community matters. Our families matter, and our church matters. You can stand. I know I have been belligerent about hitting the same point over and over again today, but that's the word that God wanted me to impress on you today. Significant. What you're doing is not insignificant. Your involvement is not insignificant. He's called you to be involved in your area of ministry. He's called you to be effective in your family. He's called you to be effective in your community. And your stance matters. People are watching you. Your family is watching you. Other folks in the church are watching you. How you engage in the battle will make an impact on other people. It's not just about you. There, there are people who are, are further along than us and they can see a little farther. They see all the ships on the horizon. Don't worry about all that. Just stay faithful where you are. And if God decides to elevate you to somewhere up here one day, that's fine. But He's not going to come find you gets to your post and it's time for promotion and it's time for elevation and he comes to where he left you if you're not there he doesn't go hunt you down and let you know that there's a promotion he looks for those that he finds faithful we emphasize a lot of things in the scripture passion and zeal and, and involvement and activity but Jesus said that he's going to say to people well done thou good and faithful servant You've been faithful. And because of your faithfulness, you've, you've gained access to enter in to the joy of the Lord. When he talks about promotion, he says, because you were faithful in little things, I'm going to entrust you with more. Why? Because they were willing to stand. They were willing to, to be unmovable. I don't know what window you're looking through and finding challenges. 
probably pass this around. You, you all see something a little different through this view right now. Because battles don't last forever. And while you might be struggling in your family, somebody else is struggling in their prayer life, and, and, and they've got their family down pat, and, and you're praying like a champ. And, and battles only last for so long. So just stick it out. What I would invite you to come and pray about today is ask God to allow you to see the significance of your faithfulness right where you are. And let's wear, I, I hope that someday we have to change this carpet right here and right down there and right there where you're standing because it's as worn out as those bricks. Let the, let the carpets look like those bricks where we walk and we pray and we seek God. Let the paths to, to the areas that we invest into our family. I know we can't see them. Maybe the carpet or the floor is your home, but we, we can't see them. But there are, there are paths that we walk day in and day out. Love me well more. Easy to follow. Easy to follow. Consistent. Always there. Always there. You can come. I'm going to stop just repeating myself at this point. Jesus, we need you to help us to see things the way you do. Help us not to be so immersed in the battle that's right in front of us. That we lose sight of, of the big picture. Give us a glimpse, Lord, of what you see. The importance and the value of our post. Help us to recommit to some things today. Things, Lord, that we've established already or maybe made the decision that they didn't matter. Remind us, God, of just how important they are. Bring us back to an understanding of our significance. Enable us to stand. Help us to live unmovable. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Help us, Hey folks, Pastor Jason here again. I pray the message you just heard inspires you to draw closer to God. We also believe at United Church that it's very important to be connected to a local assembly. If you're in the Fergus Falls or surrounding area in Minnesota, we would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. If you're not and you're looking for a local church where you live, we'd love to help with that as well. Take the time to stop by our website, fergusunited.org. Send us a message letting us know where you live, and we would gladly connect you with a great local assembly. God bless. Until next time.